Welcome to the Trinity Western Chapel podcast. As a vibrant part of life at TWU, Chapel creates opportunities for us to engage with God's story of redemption in Jesus Christ through His Word, prayer, and worship. We're glad you're listening and hope that you encounter God's heart for you and the world. Chapel. Uh, we're excited to be able to chat with you guys this morning a little bit, and uh, I have the coolest people on campus with me. Uh, shout out to Brittany. She wasn't able to make it. Um, she's in charge of uh, our prayer, arts, and worship uh, ministries right now while Jared's out on paternity leave. Shout out to Jared, too. If he's going to watch this, I don't know. He's probably at home with his kids, um, mm-hmm. but we have Peter and Jennifer. So how about you guys just uh, just introduce yourselves, let everybody know kind of what you do for student ministries, and then we'll, we'll start chatting from there. Sure. Um, well, I'm Jen Jennifer Graves, and I oversee discipleship ministries here on campus. So that's D groups and the River and the Challenge and men's and women's mentorship, all sorts of ways of deepening in your discipleship. My name is Peter Wopel. I'm the associate chaplain of local outreach. So I oversee all of our local volunteering programs. Yeah. And how how long have you you've been here? Like, is it ten years, Peter? Yeah, uh, yeah. Basically, as a student and staff member, I was a student here for three and a half years, and and this is my sixth as a staff member. So, yeah, coming up on the ten year mark. Yeah. And Jennifer, you're you're kind of new, but you're very familiar with Trinity. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's only my second year here, um, but I was I'm a Trinity alum too. So I came here. I graded in '98. So um, yeah, '94 to '98, I guess for my years as a Trinity student here and was in student ministries um, as a student leader at that time too. Look at that. Look at how Jesus will bring you full circle. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, I figured for today, for chapel, we, we just wanted to talk um, to you guys, the Trinity student uh, population, just about uh, the book of James, you know, and share a little bit about some of our experiences with James this semester and then talk to you all a little bit about uh, how how we've been navigating the pandemic, just like the rest of you guys. Um, so, is is there anything in the book of James that for you has has felt you know really pivotal this semester? I think for me, there's there's just been sort of a so much of a sense of of the need for simplicity in all of this. You know, I, like I think about my life a year ago and think about uh, how complex it was in so many ways. You know, like like work class, church, you know, going to a couple of different church groups, um, you know, volunteering in different places, all sorts of extracurriculars, like hanging out with friends a couple of times a week, you know, thinking about going back to visit my family and Oregon, like all of these different things that, that it just made life really hectic, you know, and, and, and I feel like I wasn't even someone that necessarily stacked my schedule as much as as some people do, you know, I know some people were even more on, on that side of things. And, and then with the pandemic as a whole, just bringing sort of everything, yeah, flattening it all out a little bit, cutting, cutting out all the, uh, all the extra stuff sort of, you know, I feel like in some ways that's, that's really what I've seen in James and come to appreciate over the last years. In some ways that 
it takes so much of the complexity of, of you know, the theology and spiritual themes that, that sort of come before it in the Bible. And, and as I think about my own faith and how often um, I can maybe overcomplicate it. And then, then coming to James, it's like, it's pretty simple. It's pretty pragmatic. You know, it's um, let your yes be yes and your no be no, you know, um, don't, don't, don't speak deceitfully. Don't uh, slander other people, you know, um, pray earnestly and honestly and, and God will respond. I feel like there's just so many themes of, of simplicity and, and earnestness that, that I found really helpful in a time that has felt like it's sort of had to become more simple, you know? Yeah. Um, I guess as always, I, I really, when I think of James and when I sat in James, this time was a lot different than when I was younger. When I was younger, I, I have to say I've kind of avoided James uh, over the past like several years, like true confessions. I have really just, because when I was growing up, like in my church, even as a young adult and things, James was kind of the works book. And so it was taught a lot in our church. Like it was, we went through James quite a bit and it was like faith without works is dead. And it kind of became this book of contrasting kind of salvation by works and salvation by grace. And I just could not ever reconcile that kind of contrast in a sense. So I really struggled with that and kind of had a lot of questions myself. And so I couldn't really find my way at peace with James very much. So then my more adult life, like beyond those years, I just kind of avoided it, <laughs> dealt with it by not reading it very much and all of that sort of thing. This time through, so now that I have been intentionally invited into the book of James, <laughs> thanks to that Reverend, Reverend James. No problem. Um, and also some of my D group leaders and some of my ministry team people have been really sinking into James this time as well. So it's been coming up at our one-on-ones, which is really cool. So. And it has been very different for me going through it this time. Um, what has really stood out to me this time is not this, con like I see where my church and my growing up got the contrast between faith and works and like went into that. But what I really see this time is that faith from our faith, if our faith is real and authentic, the overflow of that will be in our bodily expressions, like in our actions and in our relationships with one another. And I love James's focus the way he keeps coming back to the rich and the poor and you know why do we treat the rich with preferential treatment and why do we neglect the widow and the orphan and the poor and the marginalized in our midst and so that has been just to see that and realize that our faith overflows in works of justice and works of care for the poor works of care for the widow and the orphan and so this time through, I've been reminded a lot of the prophets, actually, the prophets speaking to God's people about why do you claim to follow God, but you ignore the needy in your midst. And so that theme of not ignoring the needy in our midst and not they prioritizing those people who look like they have it all together, the, um, yeah, has just really stood out to me. And of course, we see the themes of suffering and persevering in suffering that I think we can't almost help but see during this time of COVID um, endurance and not slandering one another, like speaking well, like our speech. Um, 
in the midst of that, there was the one verse I have to say personally, but not grumbling. <laughs> I was like, felt a little personally convicted there, you know, reading about our speech. And during a difficult year, sometimes I've had to remember this, right, Jen, no grumbling, no grumbling. So I just feel like, as Peter said, James is so practical. Um, I love that about him now, actually, and that's how I've seen this very pragmatic and how our faith should birth this. It should flow over. And so, of course, it's dead. Faith without works is dead because if it doesn't overflow, then there's what is there to overflow? There's just not life there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I think um, I think you guys are, are both right on, you know, like um, reading through James this you know year um, has been interesting <clears throat> for me, especially just thinking about um, the political sort of environment, you know, mm -hmm. not as familiar with with Canada, but Canada has corruption and crazy politicians like anywhere else, you know, and the States is, is surely not, not exempt, you know. And um, so just the idea of like James speaks so much about your speech, you know, mm -hmm. like, like not slandering people, um, you know, your, your tongue, the power of the tongue, you know, all, all these kinds of things. So I think just that having conversations with some people about uh, sort of that, that, that land on policy over character um, has been interesting because I'm like, well, I get where you're coming from, but James says something a little different, you know? Um, not that policy doesn't matter. Policy matters for sure. But if the, the vehicle by which you get policy is so tarnished and, you know, divisive and just filled with rancor and just ugliness, then it's like that's not, that's not really what God intends for us. So um, it's, been, it's been good for me just to kind of wrestle with those things. And I think, like you said, Jennifer, to, to think about even Job from the fall, you know, and to kind of have this this complementary nature of Job with talking about suffering, but then James also picking up some of those same themes uh, is uh, is cool. What um what what's the pandemic been like for for you all? We touched on it a little bit, but um, part of what what I wanted to for us to be able to express to students, you know, during this this chapel time is, um, you know, we're like we're human beings, you know, like I know we're adults, but we're we're human beings who, you know, are probably just as tired as they are about being on Zoom or, you know, having to like work remotely and stuff like that. So what's what's the pandemic been like for you all, for you all just, you know, personally, professionally, whatever? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I've been sad and lonely a lot, <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, truth, Peter, you know. Which, which I, I just share knowing that I, I think that's, that's where so many of you are at listening, you know. Um, uh yeah you know it's been hard i think it's been hard for everyone my, my heart goes out to i've got so many friends who are parents of young children and just like the chaos that they're having to deal with is something so totally different uh for me it's definitely been you know as a single guy um with the roommate but he he's gone for work a lot you know so just a lot of the pandemic has, has sort of been on on my own and that's um you know, that's, that's pretty irregular for me. That's, that's not something I normally like run straight towards necessarily. And so, so that's been, that's been really tough to be honest, but, um, but, but it's been good also because it's not like, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's just been needing to sort of confront some of those feelings and thoughts. And it, it's not like those, those were things that I never felt before the pandemic. But it's just, you know, primarily if I if I felt sad, if I felt lonely, I'd 
you know, go visit a friend. I'd go, um, you know, maybe, maybe try and do something for the church. You know, I'd go and do these other things, which very often were really good things and, and really helpful ways of sort of coping with the, the difficulties that, that life sort of brings along. But, um, but for sure, for me, sometimes it was just sort of, you know, let's, let's just do something to avoid feeling this way, you know, and, and the pandemic's made that a lot harder. Like, okay, well, I guess I can watch YouTube for an hour if that's, really, <laughs> that's how I want to get around this or whatever. But, um, but maybe, maybe these are things that I just need to need to bring to God. You don't need to focus on myself and, and need to just sit with, you know, that's, that's one thing that I've been so struck by is that, um, you know, pain, difficulty, hardship, uncomfortability sometimes just need to be experienced. There's just not necessarily anything you can do about it all the time. You know, even thinking back to, like you were saying, Jen, with, with sort of some of these themes of both of you, of, of patience and endurance and suffering, you know, and, and very much. And I love that it's coming from James, like the pastor of Jerusalem, you know, like the pastor of, of this, this massive church you know, passing this on saying like, yeah, suffering, hardship, these, these are parts of life. You know, this is something that you will experience. Um, and, and, and Christ can provide endurance, you know, he will be there with you. You, you can get through it. And I don't know. I, I definitely feel like those have been some major things coming up for me throughout all of this. It's a, like, yeah, life, life gets really difficult. Life gets really hard sometimes for all sorts of different reasons um and also you know we we have the ability to endure through that we can we can be through that um and, and god will show up god will respond when we really um invite him to you know how about you jen i think because i've been on campus quite a lot through the pandemic um my extroverted side has been a little okay <laughs> <laughs> it has been nursed through the isolation at times and the introverted side of me um, has um, yeah found plenty of nourishment I guess so both both sides of me find ways of I think finding goodness in this space um, I think what I found to be the struggle is just the constant changes and the adaptations. And you, you guys know, I don't know how many people know, probably quite a few now, but I came into this role like no cell phone. Um, I had created a website for Hermitage, so that's good. Like I had done something, but my, no, I'm social media. I was only on Facebook because my friend got married and would only post her pictures on Facebook. And whenever I friended people on Facebook, I actually let them know, yes, I'll friend you, but just so you know, I'm never on Facebook. I was really clear, like I, I just am not on social media. And my technological life was very, very minimalistic. Um, and oh my gosh, like the change in that has just been quite a, a head spinning kind of experience for me. Um, and so the learning curve has been really quick and, and fast um, and intense. And still I am constantly aware of my shortcomings in that. Um, but also I think, also I think I appreciate more the way I could be technology free 
And so my love of technology free has grown, even though my ability to be technology free has definitely diminished. Um, yeah, and I think also having to be aware of planning so many things for both online and in person. I think there's incredible potential in that. And there's a beauty in the way that this has been able to reach globally, like to see people all over the world deepening in discipleship and deepening in spiritual formation and being able to connect intentionally through these mediums that we really would not have made the effort or intent to use um, if it hadn't been for this, yeah, for COVID. Um, for this reality we find ourselves in, that it's kind of forced us in that direction. But the global impact that we're able to have because of that, I think is is really exciting. And then to get to see, like uh, James, you're, I think you're gonna take, Reverend James, you're gonna take us in this direction because it's one of your questions, but have we seen Christ work? And that is just to see Christ work in the global, on the global context, personally, like to get to talk to people like this, like we are right now, but all over the world um, and that this is kind of our forced reality, um, but is also pretty, pretty, uh, a pretty gift, a good gift of the forced reality. Although I have to say like at the end of this semester, you guys, I don't know, just again, true confessions, my eyes are starting to go squirrely with all, all the Zoom and I try to look long and stare off into space and do all these things. And yeah, I, I'm, I, I just struggle quite a bit at times with Zoom fatigue and weariness and just the amount of extra work. I think the online environment sometimes requires is tiring. Yeah, I'm, I'm with both of you guys. I think for me, the technology, um, it's, it's so invasive, you know? I mean, especially because it's like kind of all we've had you know, for, for such a, you know, for a better part of a year. Um, and so it's, it's in your face all the time. And if you're not up on it, which I wasn't as much either. So in the same boat, you know, Jennifer, it's, it's kind of like, I don't want to like download another software thing or try to figure out how to get this zoom to record for chapel or, you know, whatever it's, it's just, it's so constant. So I think that's, that's been, you know, a, a big learning curve. It's, it's been better this semester, you know, cause we had the fall to kind of work through some things. Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing for me is the technology, but especially, I think, access, you know. Um, so students out there, I'm not saying I don't want to Zoom with you. Not, don't, don't take it that way. It's not personal. Um, but I think it's, it's interesting to me to think about, okay, like, what's going to happen when we move back to, like, a non-Zoom, you know, more face-to-face -face kind of world. I feel like Zoom and the technology... People, people mean well, but, but it's like they, it gives them, it feels like they have like immediate access to you all the time, you know? So, so pre-pandemic, if, if we were going to have a meeting and let's say we were trying to schedule and find a time and a date, you know, and it just wasn't working out, we just, you just keep kicking it back. Okay, well, we'll go to the next week or, we, you know, we'll, we'll, what, what about next Thursday? Whereas in the pandemic, it's like, well, most everybody's working remotely and it's like, okay, well, what about this time? What about that time? You know, you're like, you're still on the same day. Because it's like, well, we can just Zoom. Can't you Zoom? You can Zoom before you go to Save-On. You can Zoom before, you know what I mean? So I think that's that's the, the weirdest thing for me, I think, just trying to navigate all this stuff. You know, technology is great, but it also has some some invasive parts to it. Kind of like, like you were saying, Jennifer, just, you know, you can't, you can't, it's hard to maintain some of the rhythms that are helpful with, uh, you know, technology. So. Yeah, 
Yeah, and like you say, Reverend James, the boundaries around technology become much harder to discern. Like, I think, what are these boundaries that we need to set for healthy boundaries? And how do we set those in this environment? I feel like the whole boundaries question has come up for me again this year in ways that I haven't had to deal with in probably over a decade, honestly. <laughs> like, you know, and I have to say, you know, this is a shout out to uh, my student leaders because they they are so encouraging to me of boundaries too. Like I've had students say to me, Jen, go eat. Or I've had students say to me like, Jen, go home. <laughs> like, or what are you doing? Responding to my chat this, this time. So I just have to say like, I have felt so like we are held in the community that is all figuring this out together. Mm -hmm. And there's been such a gift in that. I think um, that while I can encourage and challenge and call forth boundaries and encourage and empower students to set those boundaries, I just really appreciate the way my student leaders that I work with, well, like I, I love hearing that from them as they call that out in me and call that out in their friends and the people they work with. Wow. That's awesome. They'll be able to see themselves on chapel on like Friday. <laughs> be like, that was me. That was me at the window. <laughs> we have the ability to tag people. Yeah. yeah I know. Leaders. That's right. Oh. <laughs> the encouraging person. I'm uh, I'm curious for you guys. We'll we'll maybe end like this. Um what's what's one thing that when the pandemic is in the rearview mirror and hopefully the world goes back to some kind of semblance of a pre-COVID normal, uh, what's what's one thing that you you feel like you, you're like, I gotta do this thing, whatever that is? Well, I'm super excited to go see my family again. It's been, uh, it's been a year and a half or so since, since I've been down to Oregon to see everybody. And last year, like right as everything was, was taken off, I was getting ready to go with a few friends down to my hometown. Uh, my parents were selling their house, so we were going to help them. And I was going to show show some friends around, you know, my hometown, spend some time with the family. And and so I was really sad when that wasn't able to happen. Yeah, I'm excited to I'm excited to see them. You know, it's been it's been interesting. I feel like in some ways the pandemic has been really helpful for me in like really keeping up with some of those long distance relationships that maybe you know, previously I, I haven't probably put as much attention into and, and it's been more about when can I find time to visit people as opposed to, you know, how can I stay consistent with phone calls or, or video chats or anything like that. But um, so that's been sweet to stay connected, but definitely, I don't know, I, I, I think everyone can appreciate the difference now between being in person with someone. Excited to give my parents a hug and play tag with my nephews and that's yeah. that's old school Peter. Tag. People don't people don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm looking forward to being with my friends in person. I have these really lovely like groups of friends that we really listen to one another, we pray with one another, we support one another, we still meet each month. Um to really like share deep life together and hold each other accountable, call each other, call each other out on things. You know, those friends that you can like, oh, come on, Jen, you're just trying to pull one on us. Like they can tell um, those kind of friends. And I just so miss seeing them in person. We all live in the BC area. Like we're kind of not super close, but we used to meet regularly in person. Yeah, really miss that. And the energy that comes, you know, you can feel people more in 
face-to-face space. Yeah, just really looking forward to that. And my mom was supposed to come have Christmas with us, um, and she couldn't. And then my brother was hoping to come this summer. His trip was canceled last summer. They live far away, so I don't miss them in the same way physically, but I miss my friends physically because it's like, but still that kind of regular in-person and parties. We used to throw a Christmas party. Every year we throw a neighborhood Christmas party and it's a big party. We open our house, we have a fire, we set our house up into like three different areas for people to hang out and party. And this year, no party. So, you know, yeah, looking forward to having a Christmas party again. Yeah, I think we're all on the same theme, you know, being able to be with people, you know, I think, I think, uh, yeah, I think that's the thing for me too, you know, being able to go back to the States, you know, see family, see friends and, and folks that I haven't seen in years now. I mean, you know, so yeah. it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, that's the thing I'm looking forward to. I will say though, as much as I want to see people, and that's probably the biggest thing on my on my agenda, um, you know, I I really like New Orleans. Um, my wife and I have been to New Orleans probably seven or eight times, um, just for various kind of service projects and taking students there back when we were in the states for different trips. And um, if if you haven't been to New Orleans, students, it's a great place to go. Uh, real all kinds of diverse food and history and culture there. And so I do, I do miss being able to go to New Orleans and get some beignets, you know, um, all kinds of chicken and sandwiches and all kinds of good stuff. So looking forward to that too. That sounds amazing. I've never yeah, been I might have to change my answer. I want to go now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, any donors out there? I'm just saying. <laughs> Love to be Humble able to. Fund. <laughs> there you go. You have like a yeah. fund me or something for Jesus. <laughs> Well, thank you guys for taking some time and students, uh, you know, we're still here. We're around. We can hit us up on Zoom or do things in person as, as it's appropriate. We um, want to just continue to be a resource for you all and uh, hope you're still tuning into chapel, hang in there with us, you know, only not, not that many more weeks left. So, uh, but we're, we're, we're around and praying for you and happy to, to chat with you and help however we can. Thanks for listening. We hope to worship together with you soon at our next broadcast online at livechapel.twu.ca every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11 a.m. You can also stay connected with us by following at TWU Chapel and at TWU Student Ministries. Much love.